just a few minutes, our chair is trying to log on. So um, hopefully we'll start in just a couple minutes. Hi, this is uh, Chair Meyer here. Pa my apologies. I'm having a little technical difficulties this evening, but I think I'm I'm good. Uh, seeing how it is now after six six oh three, I'll go ahead and call to order the February twenty fourth, twenty twenty two meeting of the Historic Resources Commission. Uh, Avery, do you want to give the preliminary remarks? Yes, thank you. Good evening and welcome to the February 24th, 2022 Historic Resources Commission meeting. My name is Avery Kerner and I will be facilitating the Zoom video portion of the meeting tonight. Joining me here in the room is Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We will work alongside the chair who is on remote video to facilitate the meeting proceedings tonight. Tonight's meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. During the meeting, when you are not speaking, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon. This will make it easier for everyone to hear the meeting. When you are not participating during the meeting, please also turn your video camera off by clicking the video icon. This will allow the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. When you are participating in the meeting, please keep your video on. Commissioners and staff must state their name and title each time they speak. We also ask that applicants and members of the public state their names each time before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. When public comment is sought on an item, individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise your hand feature. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. When you are called on, please unmute yourself and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present. After a motion is made and seconded, the chair will call on each commissioner individually to provide their vote. The chair will then announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. And with that, I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair. Thank you, this is Chair Meyer again. <clears throat> I'm gonna go ahead and take roll call of our members this evening. Um, <clears throat> commissioner Irby. is not present. Uh, Commissioner Johnson, also not present. <clears throat> uh, Commissioner Meyer obviously is present. Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell is here. Commissioner Buchanan-Young. Here. Commissioner Foster. Here. And Commissioner Hawley. Present. Chair Meyer again, we will move on then to our general business this evening, which is to accept nominations uh, for chair and vice chair of the 2022 Historic Resources Commission <clears throat> and uh, to elect those positions. And I just <clears throat> want to remind everyone um, that uh, 
Lynn had done some additional research after I think our January meeting and found that the chair can be elected, should be elected annually, but can be reelected. Re However, the chair and vice chair can't serve for more than two consecutive years. <clears throat> um, I don't think that was a, according to the bylaw, I think it's in chapter 22 that the election of the chair and vice chair are specific to one year with re-election, but not more than two. <clears throat> that would be 22-203. So. <clears throat> Who wants it? Come on. Not everybody raise your hand at one time. Uh, this is Commissioner <laughs> Foster. Um, I, when we last discussed this, I suggested and attempted to make the motion that we just keep the same folks in place. So that would be you as chair and I think Commissioner Irby as vice chair. Um, if that is legal with the bylaws, um, I will officially make that motion again. Any anyone else? I am I am quite happy handing over the uh, <clears throat> invisible gavel here if someone else wants to take charge. But since there is a motion, I guess I should ask if there's a second. Commissioner Holly, I would second that motion if the chair is not radically opposed. This is Chair Meyer. Radically opposed? That was the question. Um, <clears throat> I suppose not. Okay, there is a motion and a second. <clears throat> so we'll go ahead and take a roll call vote. Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Buchanan. Aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. And Commissioner Hawley. Aye. Ayes. Five to zero. Congratulations to us. All right, we will move on then to, to communications. Um, Avery and Lynn, have we received communications from any other commissions, the State Historic Preservation Officer and or the general public? Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Commission Administrator. Um, we do not have any communications from the SHPO. We do have some from the general public on specific agenda items, and those were included in your packet with that agenda item. This is Chair Meyer. I, I guess if there's anything to be reviewed with that, we can take that up with the specific agenda items. Okay, seeing as there's none other than that, we'll move on to disclosure of ex parte communications. Does anyone wish to disclose ex parte communications this evening? I don't, I don't think we have any. <clears throat> then we'll move on to declaration of abstentions for any specific agenda items by commissioners. Does anybody wish to abstain on any item tonight? I don't see anyone abstaining. <clears throat> um, then, uh, Lynn and Avery, do we have any committee reports this evening? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We have no committee reports this evening. This is Chair Meyer again, then we'll move on to our consent agenda administrative approvals. We have a number of design review applications that have been administratively reviewed and approved by staff. 
Is there any public comment, land on this item? This is Avery Perner, planning staff. I do not see anybody wishing to speak on this item. Is there any commission discussion about the design review applications? Otherwise, I would entertain a motion to confirm them. So moved. Commissioner Holly. This is Commissioner There's a, a motion. Okay. I was going to say there's a motion. Is there a second? Yes, Commissioner Foster. Okay. I will go ahead and take a roll call vote then to <clears throat> confirm the attached design review applications according to the standards and information listed in the staff report. <clears throat> Okay, Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Buchanan. Aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Holly. Aye. And Commissioner Myers and I. So the motion carries five to zero. We will then move on to general public comment this evening. Is there any general public comment? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. I don't see anyone physically present to provide public general public comment or raising their hand via Zoom. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again. Seeing there is as there is no general public comment, we will move on then to um, our public hearing items portion of the agenda. Uh, we will take up first <clears throat> DR 2214 uh, New Hampshire Street lots 100, 102, 104, 106, 108, 110, and 112. Lynn Historic Resources Administrator. This review is for a certificate of appropriateness and downtown design guidelines. The applicant proposes to construct a four-story, 16,800 square foot apartment building on the vacant lots, um, New Hampshire Street, lots 100, 102, 104, 106, 108, 110, and 112, located on the east side of the 1,000 block of New Hampshire Street. The structure would be 50 feet tall and would have a flat roof. The structure would contain 54 dwelling units with a mix of ground floor, work live units, studio apartments, and one and two bedroom units. Parking would be located around the building at grade level. Chapter 22, section 22-505 standard nine applies to this project. The project is also located in the environs of the English Lutheran Church at 1040 New Hampshire Street, the Douglas County Courthouse, um, sorry, 1100 Massachusetts Street, the Parnham House at 1028 Rhode Island Street. The property is also located in Lawrence's Downtown Urban Conservation Overlay District and subject to the Downtown Design Guidelines. And it should be noted that this property was also included in the Lawrence Downtown Plan that was recently adopted. This, okay, is this, is part, this is the Go project ahead. location map showing the listed properties. Um, this is the site of the proposed project. 
This is the west elevation that would face New Hampshire Street. And this is the east elevation that along the alley. This is showing the north and south ends of the proposed structure. This is the site plan layout. You'll notice the green are proposed to be landscape beds. This is the old English Lutheran church that's adjacent to the property that's listed in the Lawrence Register of Historic Places. This is a massing study that was included in your packet. The proposed structure would be 50 feet tall, um, which is one foot less than the 51 feet of the um, tower on the English Lutheran Church. The roof for that church, the peak is 36 feet. This is out of the new downtown plan showing what the project site uh, was anticipated to look like. It shows a series of row houses along um, this proposed building site. Overall, the project meets many of the standards and guidelines associated with the reviews for this project. Many of the guidelines that are not currently met or only partially met could be achieved with some design refinement. Staff is of the opinion the project should be referred to the Architectural Review Committee to work with the applicant on design options that would better meet the guidelines while achieving the project goal. And with that, I'd be happy to stand for any questions you might have. This is Chair Meyer again. Uh, is the applicant present or does the applicant wish to say anything else? I'm present. How, how is everybody? Cold, thank you. Sorry about my appearance. I had uh, surgery last week unexpectedly and I'm, uh, I'm just glad to be sitting upright, so. <laughs> And this is Chair Meyer again. You, you don't feel obligated to say anything else. I just didn't know if there was anything else that you, you wanted to put out there right at the moment. No, nope, I just wanted to say hello. And if anybody has any questions, please let me know. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you. Uh, is Avery Lynn, is there any public comment on this item? This is Avery Kern, planning staff. Uh, David Brown indicated that he wished to provide public comment on this item. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to address this. My name is David Brown. I'm an attorney and I'm here re representing John Anderson, the managing partner of Ashlar LLC, the company that actually owns the historic church at the cor north uh, east corner of 11th and New Hampshire. Mr. Anderson applauds the proposal for referral of this plan to the Architectural Review Committee for work on the design options. He specifically objects to the plans as they have been submitted. As others will no likely doubt, no, excuse me, as others will no likely, unlike, I apologize, 
As others will likely mention, the plan is too large in scale. It will dwarf the church and make a significant historic structure in this town appear as a toy. Mr. Anderson actually said, quote, the scale is greedily big, end quote. He has suggested reducing the height by two stories or at least one so the new structure is no higher than the main church building. Using the steeple of the church to determine the height of a new structure is truly ridiculous. If there were a flagpole present, would that be the appropriate thing to use to measure the height of a new building? We don't think so. The proposed facades are also incredibly ugly and not in the nature or style of the surrounding historic structures. Significant redesign is required. Finally, the parking design, and it is part of the design, is inadequate for the project and would negatively affect the residences and businesses in this area. As many of the written comments already submitted have pointed out, the parking situation in this neighborhood is already atrocious. Um, when there are court hearings, there is no parking for anyone anywhere. The idea that there would be new commercial structures on New Hampshire is a nice concept. Um, but there would be no place for those folks to park since the apartments residents would take all those places and businesses would suffer as no one could get to them. Um, again, the, the, the issue here is that this, this design simply does not fit in the historic nature of the neighborhood, does not fit the style or design of the neighborhood and is way too massive in scale and scope. And those are my clients' positions. Thank you. This is Chair Meyer. Thank you, Mr. Brown. <clears throat> is there additional public comment? This is Avery Corner Planning Staff. I am seeing no other hands raised on Zoom. Oh, I do see uh, one more that Mr. just came Schneider. up. Ron, if you, Ronald, if you'd like to provide public comment now, you can unmute and, and provide that. There you go. We can hear you now. Okay, my apologies. <coughs> I ditto and adapt what Mr. Brown just said, and his statements are consistent with my letter, probably a little more forceful than my letter. I own, I'm an attorney in Lawrence. I happen to own property at 1047 Rhode Island, 117 East 11th Street, and also I'm representing a number of other people in the neighborhood. I find that the proposal is too much and too little. The height is a major concern, and David's comment about using the steeple as a reference point is just, it's almost offensive, frankly. The, the parking is a huge problem. There are solutions that can be done, and I understand the applicant is here to provide a source of income for himself, his company, and associates, but we need to have more parking on the property, which in turn requires the reduction of the unit number of units and or the construction of an underground parking facility. Now, I've talked with Mr. Watkins lately, who is associated with Tony, and there has been some reference to maybe having parking access across the street, but I don't know if that's in the future or immediately available. There are other options for parking solutions besides just reducing the number of the units. 
angle parking may help on both sides of the street. I don't think that's a solution though, they'll help. The uh, style of the building itself, the architecture is totally inconsistent with the architectural significance of the English Lutheran Church. And in reviewing the staff's comments, I may have missed something and if I did, I apologize, but I see no mention of the historic district directly to the east of this proposed project. I believe that is a factor when reviewing this application. Bottom line, the proposal as presented does encroach upon harm and damage the Lutheran Church and nearby historic properties and district. I think it should be denied. I do though compliment the, H, uh, the staff's recommendation that it be sent for further review. If these issues are properly addressed, I can, and so can my clients, endorse a good project. But as is, we, we object to it strongly. This is Chair Meyer. Thank you, Mr. Schneider. You're welcome. Uh, Lynn and Avery, is there any other additional comment, <clears throat> public comment? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. It looks like the next hand raised was Barry Shalinski. If you want to go ahead and unmute and provide your comment. Uh, thank you. My name is Barry Shalinski. I'm the president of the East Lawrence Neighborhood Association. I presented a letter in your packet. So, um, I guess the one thing I'd like to reiterate is um, I agree with Mr. Schneider's observation that um, the uh, North Rhode Island Street Historic District is immediately to the east of this proposed project site across the alley and uh, in addition to the named historic buildings, um, I believe that the district itself ought to be considered in terms of the uh, impact of this uh, project. Uh, as we stated in the letter, um, we do like uh, the fact that um, there is a rear setback um, that this is not to be built right up to the alley line and that's certainly a plus, um, but there are concerns with um, the height, the massing, um, the architectural elements and primarily the parking. Um, other than that, I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. It looks like the last hand raised was by the applicant. If you'd like to go ahead and unmute and provide comment. Um, yeah, and, and I'm not coming at this from a contentious standpoint. I just sort of wanted to set the record straight on a few items. Um, you know, when, when an architect is tasked with doing a rendering, it's a very, um, very challenging job. In fact, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a rendering 
um, that does the final product justice if the if the final product was uh, done in a quality manner with a quality design behind it. But to that end, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew um, this is essentially a replica um, from a facade standpoint of Penn Street Lofts. Penn Street Lofts was designed, uh, went through multiple rounds, uh, and on some level, I consider it co-authored by city staff, HRC, as well as ARC. Um, so if if the if the renderings you know don't don't do it justice is and and I and I'm a visual person I need to see something beyond a rendering, um, you know you could just take a look at Penn Street Lofts uh, and the Warehouse Arts District, um, you know and, and that's that's literally uh, a new construction building that was designed uh, to pay homage to the historic buildings around it. Um, in the Warehouse Arts District, there's stone buildings such as Bon Bon and Cider Gallery, and then there's also brick buildings such as the Polar Loft. So I just I just wanted to make mention of that. This building essentially is Penn Street Lofts uh, from a from a, a design standpoint, not a massing standpoint, but a design standpoint. Penn Street Lofts, which was quite literally tailored to fit into historic districts. I, I just wanted to make comment of that. Um, this uh, meets and exceeds the, or it's it comes under what the uh, massing from a downtown master plan st standpoint is, as well as the comprehensive plan. Um, as you all know, there are no parking requirements downtown. We are providing uh, parking for this affordable community. Many of our tenants do not have cars, and with the and with the proximity to all of the amenities um, downtown, we believe that the the need for for vehicular um, uh, controls is going to be a lot less on this project. Um, a couple other things, and then you know, really, um, it'll just come down to you know what what do we what do we want to see? Do we want to see you know these buildings continue to blight the gateway to downtown for another thirty years? Um, do we want to see less affordable housing uh, in a situation like this when your, you know, your your fixed costs are, uh, or when your soft costs are essentially fixed, you know, if you were to go and do less affordable housing, uh, which I don't believe is anybody's goal, but if you did less affordable housing, it just increases the incentive request, um, you know, to, to the city and others. So um, understand I'm not going to change anybody's mind today. Uh, I just wanted to um, let every, let everybody know about the notes I've taken and hopefully speak to some of the uh, objections specifically around the design. Thank you. Uh, this is Chair Meyer again. Um, I don't believe there's any further public comment, so we'll bring it back uh, to the commission for discussion. Uh, I, I would just say you mentioned that I thought you said that your your many of your tenants wouldn't have cars, but I mean you haven't identified your tenants yet have you I mean it, it I guess I'm curious why you think that many of these people wouldn't have vehicles it looks to me from the plans that <clears throat> most of these are or one bedroom units or studio I think only I didn't I didn't count the numbers as to the bedrooms but we're basically looking at individuals renting units <clears throat> not families not anything else and so I I mean why wouldn't we assume that they Every one of them had a vehicle. Oh, they in an affordable housing project, they do not. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm and I'm not. I'm I'm just speaking. Of, you know, from experience on the 13 or 14 affordable communities I've done in the Midwest, um, I'm not by no means am I saying none of them have cars. Um, I I bet 
a third of them don't. Well, and I'm not I'm not trying to argue with you. Yeah. Um, I worked at Douglas County Legal Aid for years and uh, with people who probably would fit the criteria <coughs> for this housing. And I'm saying that people with low income these days, most of them have vehicles. And so, I, I, I mean, one of my concerns would be about parking also. I'm an attorney and I'm at the courthouse and like Mr. Brown and Mr. Schneider, <coughs> I just know how extremely difficult it is <coughs> to park in that vicinity. <coughs> um, so, I mean, that that would be one of my concerns. But let me bring it back to the commission for other discussion by other commission members. Commissioner Foster, um, <clears throat> I will be supporting staff's recommendation to send us to the ARC for further review for you know all the various uh, issues mentioned in the report and have been stated this evening. Um, and then since the applicant brought up the pinch lofts project. Um, I wanted to share my recollection of that process. Um, there was a lot of extensive interaction, I think, between the applicant and staff, and then certainly through the ARC. Um, and then some period of time went by, and the applicant came back to the HRC with a pretty dramatically revised elevation. Um, if I'm recalling correctly, to reduce costs, and also with the urgency of immediate approval or loss of historic tax credit application debt meeting deadlines. Um, so I, uh, the what is being constructed now and to the degree the, this current proposal um, is similar to that, I would not characterize it as significantly um, co-authored by the ARC. And that's all I've got to say. This is Commissioner Buchanan. I want to add on to that. The Penn Street Lofts and that kind of industrial district is a very different sense and feel, which is why it's a separate historic district. And where that building is appropriate for where it's at, taking a in-likeness building to try to save money on the architectural plans, I get that. It's just not appropriate at this district in this location. So I, I I feel like we have a bigger hurdle to get over with that one than we do the townhomes. This is Chair Meyer again. <clears throat> Any other commission discussion? This is Commissioner Buchanan. I guess I got a question for Lynn on ARC. Is there going to be enough for a quorum on ARC, or do we need to elect new ARC members tonight as well? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Commissioner Foster and <coughs> Commissioner Buchanan Young, and this is their last meeting this evening. Um, so that leaves one member of the ARC. I did have the opportunity to visit with Stan Hernley of Hernley Architects, who said that he would be willing to serve on ARC if the commission appoints him um, for until we get another architect on the Historic Resources Commission. But the Historic Resources Commission would have to appoint him as architect um, 
until we get a new architect position filled. This is Chair Meyer. Go ahead. Uh, Lynn, this is uh, Commissioner Holly. For if we were to nominate Stan, do we need his presence, or is that just a since you've spoken with him, is that a nomination that could be entertained just as a standard motion? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. That could just be a uh, motion that you do since you know he's willing to serve. Uh, this is Commissioner Holly. I just say based on my knowledge of Stan, I have utmost respect for him and would be comfortable. I'm curious about any other commissioners. Mr. Chair Meyer, I have no objection to that. Foster served with him on the HRC and ARC, and I think he'll be once again a, a great asset. Is there a motion then <clears throat> to nominate uh, Mr. Hernley to the ARC? Uh, Commissioner Holly, after you. Oh, I, I, I make the motion that uh, we elect Stan Hernley as the architect position for the ARC. Is there a, this Chair Meyer, is there a second? I'll second that, Commissioner Holly. Since, since there, this Chair Meyer, this, since there's a motion and a second, we'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Ezell? Aye. Commissioner Buchanan? Aye. Commissioner Foster? Yes. Commissioner Holly? Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is also an aye, so that motion carries five to zero. <clears throat> um, I, and I didn't mean to get in the weeds about the parking earlier, but I, I also would reiterate <clears throat> the concerns of uh, Mr. Schlinski and Mr. Brown and Mr. Schneider, <clears throat> as well as the concerns <clears throat> that were sent in by the LPA um, and others uh, in terms of the height and massing. So. I would be in favor of sending this to the ARC. Uh, I do have a question of the applicant. Yes. This is Chair Meyer again, thank you. This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. Uh, Chair Meyer, I believe you cut out and we did not hear your question. Uh, I don't, I didn't have a question after I said, are you willing to go to the HRC? <clears throat> so I just said, thank you. Uh, are you asking me if I'm willing to go to HRC? To the Architectural Review Committee. Oh, ARC. Yeah, um, ARC. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we, we planned on it. So. Okay. All right, this is Chair Meyer again. Is there any other commission discussion or I'd entertain a motion of some kind? Uh, this, this is, is Commissioner Hall. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> right Go ahead, you take this one. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Foster, I will move that this, this, uh, would this be sent to the ARC for further review? This is Chair Meyer. There's been a motion. Is there a second? 
This is Commissioner Buchanan. I second. There's been a motion, a second, so we'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Buchanan. <clears throat> aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Hawley. Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye. That motion carries five to zero. <clears throat> Lynn Braddock-Zollner, sorry to interrupt. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. That ARC meeting will be next Thursday. So a week from today. Lynn, is that, uh, Commissioner Hall, Lynn, is that at six o'clock? It can be at six o'clock. That's um, typically the time, or if the commission needs to start earlier, we can do that as well. This is Chair Meyer. Questions, comments, concerns about that? Uh, I, I see uh, Mr. Schneider has raised his hand, I believe. Uh, Mr. Schneider, you can unmute yourself. Do you have, hear me now? Yes, we can hear you, Ron. Uh, the Saber Printer Planning staff, Ron, I apologize. It looks like you muted yourself again. How about now? We can hear you now. I am concerned about the time reference. We're talking about less than a week. I don't know if you expect that the commission committee will take action. It's not giving them very much time and people who want to attend to it will not have much time either. I'd prefer it to, to be a little longer than that. I think two weeks at the minimum is appropriate. I don't know what you anticipate that they would do at the meeting. I assume there will be dialogue and it would be expected that they would have reviewed it in advance. This is Chair Meyer. Uh, Lynn, has Mr. Hernley already been asked if that date would work for him? Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Yes, Mr. Hernley is available that evening. And Mr. Schneider, what happens is the applicant can bring revisions to the project you saw tonight, or he can bring the project that you saw tonight. The members of the ARC will work with him, like sitting at a table, actually drawing on the table, going through some design um, options. Then the applicant would put those design options into a design that would come back to the HRC for review and approval. So it would be at least April before they would come back to the Historic Resources Commission. Mr. Chair Meyer, Ron, does that answer your questions? Yeah, it answers my questions, but I still think it's too quick. Hopefully the applicant would be able to meet with some of us as well. And um, prior to presenting it to the, the design committee and maybe we can work collaboratively together. Next week, I couldn't accomplish it. Well, I, this is Chair Meyer again. I have a question to the applicant. Would you be willing to meet with interested parties prior to the ARC? Which means obviously that the ARC meeting might be two weeks instead of one week. 
this is Commissioner Buchanan. I I would like to maybe interject on timeline. It seems like it's not far enough along yet to to do design by. Um, I don't want to say committee, but to get neighborhood feedback yet. I think um, everything was well heard tonight. And I don't know, just for timing reasons, it might be better to let them massage it with the HRC, ARC and then come back to the neighborhood and stuff before, for, so that way you're not tweaking it every iteration. This is Jason Dalton with HTB Architects. I'm the architect on this project. Um, I would like to agree with Brenna and say that I, I think we can work with ARC a little bit to massage some of this, go through some of the design guidelines, get some of these items flushed out, and then maybe come back to you guys. Um, I, I personally would be willing to work with, with you guys and meet with you. Um, you know, after we get a little further along, I can't speak for Tony. It looks like we might have lost him here, um, but that's something I can relay and we can go from there. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, did you, did you lose me? Yes. This is Avery Kerner planning staff. Uh, yes, I believe we did. We did not catch the last thing you you said. Last thing you. Okay. Sorry about that. This is Chair Meyer. Brenna, I'm, 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 let me make an understanding about that. Are you saying go ahead and meet next week or wait a little bit longer? This is Commissioner Buchanan. Um, I do think they should meet next week to keep the ball moving. That way they have something to show the neighborhood and other concerned parties that much faster. Um, that, and we also know that stands available. Um, it's unfortunate that these dates are set based on the original HRC dates, because they are two weeks after. And this one just happens to be a rescheduled HRC. So it seems like it's sooner than it would have been. This is Chair Meyer again. And, and I would say also <clears throat> to alleviate maybe some concerns by Mr. Schneider <clears throat> at all, um, that if they were to meet with the ARC and there wasn't sufficient time and it came back, I don't know if it would come back on next month's agenda. I mean, we also could, as a body, defer the project, uh, defer voting on it until um, the next meeting if we thought there needed to be further opportunity for review, I suppose. So... So does any, so I don't know that we've had a motion yet, have we? Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. You have um, had a motion and a second to refer this to the Architectural Review Committee. Um, I believe you did a roll call vote for that as well, and it was 5-0. 
right? Mr. Chairman, again, sorry, thank you. In the midst of all this, I had to run and get a charter. So <clears throat> lost my mind a little bit. Okay, <clears throat> well, then since we've had a, a motion and a second and we've taken a vote on that to send it to the RC, <clears throat> then uh, we will move on to the next item on the agenda. So good luck at the ARC and we'll see you back again. Uh, the next public hearing item on the agenda is Madam DR21. Uh, for a, yes. Uh, can you just tell us if the ARC meetings are open to the public? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Yes, they are open to the public, but the public does not participate. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again. Um, We're moving on to DR 21-405, which is 19, 916 Tennessee Street. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. This is a Certificate of Appropriateness and Oread Neighborhood Design Guidelines Review for a demolition of a primary structure located at 916 Tennessee Street. The applicant does request to demolish the entire structure located at 916, and there is no replacement plan provided. Um, chapter 22, section 22505, standard two applies to this project. This is showing the location 916 is highlighted in the green. The two blue um, rectangles you see are the listed properties. Is this the primary elevation of the structure? Just walk quickly around. That's the west elevation, the north elevation. This is showing a viewpoint down into the basement. Staff did do a walkthrough on, on the property. And it's one of the few times that I did not go into the basement. I did not think it was safe. And so I did not get interior photos of the basement. You can see it's a stone foundation and the stone or a great deal of it's on the floor. This is an opening in the foundation that is a, a opening all the way through to the inside. So there's no structural foundation for that section of the wall. This is showing um, your report mentioned a sinkhole underneath the slab foundation for the addition to the project. This is just showing an interior sample of what many of the rooms look like. Um, there was one nice architectural feature that was still there, and that's the stair with the newel post. And then if you see on the right hand toward the back, there were some historic wooden doors left. Um, because there's no replacement plan, the demolition of the structure will alter the character of the environs of the listed property. A replacement plan would provide for the characteristics of the environs to be maintained. However, standard two speaks to destroying the character of the environs. Staff is of the opinion that while the demolition of the structure without a replacement plan will be significant for the character of the environs, it will not destroy the environs. The ORIA design guidelines do not support demolition of historic structures. The demolition of this structure does not meet the guidelines. The lack of a replacement plan also does not meet the guidelines. 
Specifically, it does not meet the guidelines for demolition in Chapter 4, Section D, D1, D2, D3, D4, D5, D6, and Chapter 5, C1, A, and B. The administration section of the guidelines allows for the Historic Resources Commission to have the authority and discretion to examine the whole situation or extenuating circumstances and approve a project that does not meet the letter of the guidelines. Staff is of the opinion there are extenuating circumstances surrounding the demolition request. Staff is of the opinion that the commission should consider the extenuating circumstances that surround this particular property and property owner. The extenuating circumstances may allow the commission to approve the project. And some of those um, extenuating circumstances were identified in your staff report. Um, part of the demolition, uh, this is truly a case of demolition by neglect. Part of the neglect um, was done prior to the current owner. Um, no maintenance has been done since this current owner purchased the property. They did have um, intentions of developing the property and there was some financial changes in the structure of the company as well as COVID um, pandemic hitting and taking some of the opportunity away for them to do a rehabilitation project for this structure. And I'd be happy to stand for any questions you might have. This is Chair Meyer again, thank you. Um, is there any public comment on this item? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. I see no one raising their hand to provide public comment. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again. Does the applicant wish to speak or say anything further. Hi, yes, uh, I'm Casey Hunt. This is my husband, Josh Hunt. We are two of the property owners of this house. We're open for any questions. Um, we purchased this property uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, we own 912 Tennessee next door. And we just are in the process of almost remodeling that um, property. And in owning that, we had our offices there and we just saw this neglected property next door and uh, approached the owner and he was willing to sell it. So we haven't touched it at all in the last several years. At one point we were trying to expand our office and use that lot as well. And those plans didn't work out. Um, so although we don't have plans right now, we are very open to having plans. We just need a couple of years to you know, let these, some of these building and construction costs come down. Um, but we have been starting to look at pre preliminary ideas of what we might want to build there and what could get approved and what would fit the neighborhood. Yeah, and just, just to add, the <laughs> two properties, the adjacent property at 912 Tennessee is zoned differently than this property, property and we figured out that it wasn't going to be um, appropriate to annex. Uh, we then uh, chose to move forward with plans to develop uh, and remodel the Old Boys and Girls Club at 1520 Haskell. And so we've since moved our office to that location. Um, the, this property is beyond repair. It has been since we purchased it. The man who was living there, um, when we bought it, he I didn't know he was the owner at the time, but many days we would come to work and see him in his truck passed out. And sometimes he would crash into the building. And I, we came to find out that he was really ill and he'd been in that house for 50 years. And so we kind of thought, well, this is just something we can do to kind of clean up the neighborhood. Hopefully we can um, we can do something positive with this property. 
Um, and then at, upon the engineering inspection and everything else, it became pretty clear it's beyond repair. We're happy to answer any questions. One of our concerns with leaving the property as is, is, is we've been in uh, our conference room when we were there at 912 and we were in a meeting and you can see people trying to break into 916. We have squatters, um, as Lynn uh, probably saw, I know she walked through it with Josh. Um, it is an absolute despair in there. Yeah. There's human feces, animal feces. We can't keep people out of it. You saw pictures of the windows boarded up outside, but. I'm hesitant to put renters next door in this house that we've completely remodeled because I don't feel that they're necessarily that safe because we've had people trying to come from 916, breaking into 912, um, just because that property is there and they're squatting in it. This is Chair Meyer again. Um, I guess we'll bring it back to the commission for discussion now. This is Commissioner Foster. I guess I'd like to ask the applicant, um, was it 2018 when you purchased the property and was the intent then to never rehab it and to demolish it? And then if so, why didn't you demolish it? No, the intent then was to, because we own 912 Tennessee and that was our office, but we were outgrowing it. And so our goal was A, to help our neighbor out and hopefully help the neighborhood also, we needed to expand our office. And so we were going to, we worked on plans with Hermley um, to um, annex the property and um, and we couldn't um, because they're zoned differently. We'd have to downgrade one zoning and there were some, I don't remember what the issues were, but there were several issues with uh, the code on what we could or couldn't do. And then um, at that point, we realized we kind of needed more parking and we needed to deal with a bigger footprint. And so we ended up purchasing the 6,500 square foot space at 1520 Haskell, the former Boys and Girls Club. Then by that time, COVID approaches and it becomes uh, pretty difficult to do anything with it. And we're also in the concert business just to add. And so we were hit very hard by COVID. We're in the live events industry. So it kind of us there, but. Oh, this is Commissioner Foster again. So your intent was, you said to annex the property. So could you elaborate on that? Your intent was to rehabilitate the property when you bought it or um, what exactly? Well, we didn't We didn't know the full, um, the full scope of what was gonna, what needed to happen to shore it up. We thought maybe we could, some of it could be salvaged and we would be able to use the original structure and um, combine the two properties to create our office space um, out of those two homes. But then we quickly learned upon because we did it, we almost immediately did an engineer um, visit with, I forget the engineering company, I think it's Apex. Um, and they came in and said, look, this is not going to be possible. And then um, we or were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? We work with Hermley. They tell us this is a similar story. You know, this isn't really a great direction here. And then we moved to the Boys and Girls Club um, idea. And then, and then COVID hits. Uh, this is Chair Meyer again. I, did did you have it inspected before you bought it? You had some of this done before? This was all after you purchased it. No. The guy that was there really needed out. He was trying to he was trying to get out from underneath it. And it was a it was just a difficult situation. We felt pretty bad for him. We also didn't really um feel good about some of the squatting and stuff because that was going on when he was there too, because it's it's split currently split into two 
levels. We just didn't feel good about um, the whole thing. We were trying to improve it, but it wasn't, you know, we didn't spend a, a, a ton of money on it, but we were fair with him and he needed out from underneath it. He owned several other properties around Lawrence and he ended up, you know, I, he, he asked us if we were interested in those two. We didn't dive into his other projects, but they were all similar condition. It was, they're all pretty rough. This is Chair Meyer again. <clears throat> um, I guess I'd be interested in hearing from fellow commission members. I guess my, one of my concerns <clears throat> and that we always have is <clears throat> demolition with no <clears throat> plan for what to do with it <clears throat> next. I mean, it isn't in good shape, but if we granted every demolition <clears throat> that somebody requested because something was in bad shape with no plans, we'd have a lot of we'd have a lot of empty lots. <clears throat> right. And so. I guess I have one more question for the applicant, which is, I mean, you have you have zero plans to what to do with the lot right now, like none. Like we requested that we have uh, a couple of years to put plans together and rebuild, just kind of waiting on these construction and remodeling costs to come down. Um, if there are stipulations we need to follow, we'll definitely work with within those. Um, things are kind of coming back with live events, so we're kind of in a different position, but. Um, we're actually excited to think about what can go there. So we, we're moving in that direction. We just don't currently have them ready right now. Yeah. And we've discussed plans with Hernley. That's definitely on the agenda. We just think we need a little bit more time. And, and there's kind of an imminent threat of safety there. I mean, we are constantly trying to get people out of there. I'm worried someone's going to start a fire. Because there's a fireplace in there. There's a lot. And um, uh, you, I mean, there's a lot of feces in there. It's really disgusting. And you can see the boarded up windows. We've tried really hard to keep people out, but it's not suitable to rent out. And the timing with um, COVID and how our businesses have been impacted, it's been very difficult to move forward with a, a current plan. Um, but we, like, like Casey says, we do, we would love to be on a timeline and we plan to adhere to that. I guess, and I'm not trying to beat a drum about it, but I mean, is it, is the idea that you'll build you know, a single family home on it and run it. <clears throat> our, our idea, it. I mean, you have no idea. Our plan, is, no, our plan is to keep it and uh, build, we're hoping to build um, a, a, a duplex or something appropriate for uh, the area. Um, and, it, and if it needs to be a single family home, fine. But yes, we plan to uh, rebuild and rent it. This is Commissioner Buchanan. Um, Given the circumstances, you know, my biggest thing on demo is you you remove the ability for somebody else to come in and rehab it. The condition of this house is no worse than 10 of the others that I've seen in the last two years. I shouldn't say 10, but at least four that are completely feces. You know, there's stuff here, there. There's been many fires set. So there's burn marks on the floors. It, this isn't a one-off kind of thing these properties do exist but if we demolish it then nobody else can come in and rehabilitate it who might have the the right scenario a little faster than you financially um so i i hesitate that way so my question to you would be is why not sell it to somebody who does have a little more um flexibility in their budgets to re actually rehabilitate this properly. Because if it's only gonna be 
three or four hundred thousand dollars to rehabilitate. There's two others that just went under that, like the one next the cottage next to the Castle Tearum, and there's another one in East Lawrence that I know of that are pretty much getting moved into right now that were equally as bad. You know, people were squatting. It was a safety thing. It was all those same benchmarks. And I know it's frustrating. I know it's worrisome, but are there other solutions out there other than demolishing it? Well, we, we definitely addressed um, it in, in the way you're talking about. We brought in a professionals to give us analysis on what makes sense. And it's not that we can't afford to build something there. It's that it's not cost effective. We could build something there, but we're going to spend way more money than it's worth to do it. And if we bring, if we sell it to someone else, that doesn't mean anyone's going to move on it anytime soon. We run a higher risk of someone just leaving that the way it is right now. And to address your points about it being like other houses, I hear what you're saying. I'm there. I've been in a lot of bad houses in this town. I've lived here 28 years. I know there are some, and we you know we own a handful of properties. But the entire foundation walls are caved in. I mean, I know you don't have photos of that because um, uh, it wasn't accessible safely, but um, it's, it's and both Apex Engineering and Hernley said that, um, and you know, I think uh, Mike Myers is, is great at trying to find ways to salvage um, properties that are difficult um, historically, and we all, we live in a historic That's house. Actually, our, our priority would be to salvage it. We're kind of historic junkies. <laughs> we live in a historic house in Old West Lawrence. We've uh, we've done a lot. People that lived here before us were here 59 years. It is important to us. It's not that we don't care. It's that it's not. It's beyond repair. And I think um, from our perspective, we're just trying to follow um, what's logical from an investment standpoint and um, from an environment standpoint. And so that's why we asked um, uh, Lynn Braddock Zollner to come do a, a site visit because we wanted to show the the circumstances and uh, we felt it, it was warranted. Um, and I think you see that in the recommendation. Chair Meyer, any other commission discussion? This is Commissioner Foster. Uh, I guess a couple of things. Um, if the if the applicant thinks that there's an immediate safety threat, I would recommend getting sec temporary security fencing around the property and reduce you know liability and potential for, you know harm to others. Um, and then second, I'm trying to remember when we've approved something similar to this. And I guess there was a structure at Ninth in Missouri that we did allow demolition without a future plan, but that was uh, a structure that did not contribute architecturally to the environs at all. And so I think the attitude probably at the time, I don't quite recollect, was that we really weren't losing anything. But along the lines of, you know, what point that I think Brenna was, was you know really reinforcing is that you know this um is a you know demolition of this is a loss to the community and we're here to protect it we're not here to make sure somebody's bottom line works though we can take that into consideration so you know it is a difficult difficult situation for us understood well and just to add you know we have every intention of um going with a design that makes sense for a replacement of that property. And 
and that's why we were working with Hernley. We've had um, some discussions with them about our house here with tax credits. We know that they kind of specialize in that stuff. Not that, and that's why we went down that path. We're not really, it doesn't really make sense to use tax credits in this situation because it's so far gone. But we do understand the value of replacing it with something that makes sense there architecturally. This is Chairman again. Sorry. Joe, you. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I disappeared for a second, then came back, and I didn't unmute myself. Um, this is Chair Meyer. Is there any other commission discussion? Uh, this is Commissioner Holly. I guess I would just be curious if, because um, I haven't been on the commission that long of time, but if I ask the other commissioners if the economic situations of this does, in your experience, fall under extenuating circumstances consistent with past approvals of the board, can you think of any examples? Because I am sympathetic um, and given the report to to that is a valid concern, but also concerned with the um, Lynn's recommendation of having seen. So I'd just be curious with some of those that have been on the board longer, um, past examples. This is if any. I can think of accessory structures like garages where we've reviewed the engineer's report and, and you know, Oftentimes, some of the older garages along the alleyways do get into disrepair and become sort of unfeasible to save. Um, I'm trying to recall a contributing um, primary structure that we've allowed demolition, particularly without a replacement plan, and I'm drawing a blank. This is Chair Meyer. I, I can't <coughs> cite specific like a specific examples, and I've had two tenures on this commission, uh, current and also probably 20 years ago, 15 years ago or so. When I can say that while I sort of empathize with the financial piece, I think that what can be frustrating is knowing that people buy properties um, that are in this condition. And I, I've never seen an application for a demolition or even for maybe partial demolition or somebody wanting to do something with a property where they provide documentation that doesn't say that it costs more than it is to build a new one. I mean, it, it, I mean, it always says that. I believe and we did I'm provide that. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt, but I believe we did provide that through uh, Mike Meyer. No, no, no. Uh, this is Chair Meyer again. I'm not saying you did provide it. I'm saying that the information that we get with these types of applications, the financial, the, the cost to rehab it <clears throat> is always usually alleged to be cost prohibitive or more than new construction. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, that's just, that's been my experience <clears throat> every time we've had one of these. I don't think I've, I think it would have been a rare occasion where we got something that said <clears throat> the cost to rehab it was less than the, I, 
well, maybe I'm saying this wrong, <clears throat> but th that it that it would be financially cheaper to <clears throat> keep it and rehab it. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, this is Commissioner Foster. Yeah, it's 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 a similar story. That is that is for sure. Um, um, similar circumstances that we would typically hear. This is Commissioner Buchanan. I want to delineate, although all those are similar, what's different about this is this is a contributing structure. It's primary. Um, it, I just don't, nobody can foresee the future. So who knows if you guys go down in a plane in two weeks, you know, so then we've allowed this to happen and yet we're kind of rolling the dice on that you're going to follow through with this in the next 5 10 15 years that just even two years like it just doesn't it, that's why it says you know without a plan it don't even apply um i i appreciate what you're trying to do i think there's ways to address your safety concerns because those are absolutely a problem you know that you know probably losing sleep over it i'm sure like it's um but there's other ways to do that than demolishing it. Um, it really seems like you're wanting to demolish it so you can market the property better because it's going to be worth more if it's gone. That's so because we've, only because we've seen that happen before. I, that's. I understand what you're saying. I mean, but we did go through the proper channels and we were told at every turn that none of it's really salvageable. And so for us, um, that that's the trick, right? I mean, I understand what you're saying. Uh, it's a primary structure and it's important and we agree, um, but it's beyond repair. And we've been told that professionally by multiple angles. And um, I think we'd be happy to put together uh, plans and be on a, a timeline. I don't think we have a problem with that. Um, I think for us, it's just that right now, it's really difficult to, to do that. You know, I mean, that's, that's really it. And if that's what you're saying, then we understand, but um, we felt like we went through, we feel like we went through the proper channels to get where we're at. And everyone professionally has told us it is beyond repair. And so how are we going to, what are we going to rebuild? It's all, it's all collapsing in on itself. This is Commissioner Buchanan. I, I understand. Lynn, what if they were, what if we were to deny this, let them come, come up with plans and then come back with a new application that has the plans included. So it's a complete application. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. There's no time um, requirement for coming back. In other words, if you take action on this, this evening, the applicant can certainly submit um, a different project. There's no limitation on that. Um, you can also defer the project and give the applicant time to do their research on what they want to rebuild on the property, or you can approve the demolition based on extenuating circumstances. And just to clarify, this is not a contributing structure. It's character defining for the Orient neighborhood overlay district, but it's not a contributing structure to a historic district or any um, listed property. This is Chair Meyer again, and I <clears throat> I just wanted to point out that if we vote to uh, 
deny their request. I mean, they, they always have the option to appeal that to the city commission. So, I mean, it isn't like we deny it, then they just go back and get plans. They can always, you know, take it up and see if it would get approved by the city commission. And this is Chair Meyer again, and I, I guess what I want to bring back is, I mean, I, quite frankly, I'm more concerned about the lack of plans if it's demolished, just because this happens very frequently with people wanting to demolish things, and we've held pretty firm about having to have some plans. So my concern is just that this has been, property has been known for a while, and there's really no, I mean, really there's no idea about what's going to go here. I mean, sort of, I guess, maybe. <clears throat> so, I mean, that that's my concern and what that, what that says in the future when people have projects. And I understand that it is noted in the staff report that um, we could state extenuating circumstances, but I just, I hate carving out exceptions because everybody's going to have, I can, I can think of it, people saying the same thing. My situation is exactly as this one. But I'm open to other commissioners telling me thoughts. This is Commissioner Foster. Um, I was just browsing through the Hernley letter in the in the staff report, and I couldn't find language there that, in their opinion, it was not rehabilitatable. Um, maybe not necessarily cost effectively, but um i don't see a broad statement blanket statement that um it's impossible um i did not reread the apex report here very quickly so then that may state something a little bit differently um but i also know that hernley's offices were rehabilitated from pretty deteriorated structure as well um i think i'm going to support denial and um, Jody, I like your idea that it could be escalated to the uh, uh, city council, could be appealed. That's a, certainly a, a, a path. Um, um, and then, but, um, you know, Brenda's points of numerous similar structures in the, in the city that do get rehabilitated. Um, and we get to keep those, whether they're contributing or character defining. Um, for future generations, I think is important. So that that's the direction I'm going right now. This is Chair Meyer again. <clears throat> I would entertain a motion. And actually, I think we have two motions, two separate motions. If anyone wants to make one. <clears throat> this is Commissioner Holly. What is the second standing motion uh, I'm, I, I'm, I think the first <clears throat> sorry this is chair Meyer well I mean the the first motion would be uh, regarding um, uh, the certificate of appropriateness and the second one would be regarding the Oriad neighborhood design guidelines review <clears throat> unless I'm this is Commissioner Buchanan. I'll take a stab at this. So I move that we um, deny the certificate of appropriateness according to Chapter 22 of the City of Lawrence Code Standards and Evaluation <clears throat> and uh, deny the project. 
And this is Chair Meyer again. I, I want to make it, I also just wanted to point out that, and maybe that your motion would be the same, Brenna, that regarding the certificate of appropriateness, the staff report <clears throat> recommended that the project would not significantly encroach upon damage or destroy landmarks or their environs, recommended issuing it. <clears throat> when it came to the Oriad Neighborhood Design Guidelines Review, staff, staff recommended uh, not recommending demolition. <clears throat> so my motion holds because I think okay. it does damage and destroy the environs. So <laughs> I'm saying deny for both. Mr. Chairman, that's fine. I just wanted to clarify that for the record. And this is Commissioner Foster. I'll stick with my second. Okay, there is a motion and a second, so I'll go ahead and take a roll call vote. <clears throat> Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, yay. Uh, Commissioner Buchanan. Oh, she muted. Aye. Okay. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Hawley. Uh, nay, uh, I'll just comment that my nay is because I agree with staff recommendation. Okay. <clears throat> Commissioner Meyer, I'm a nay just for that reason on that motion as well. However, motion carries three to two. <clears throat> And then, uh, is there a motion <clears throat> regarding the Oriad Neighborhood Design Guidelines Review? This is Commissioner Buchanan. I move that we deny the uh, demolition permit for the, based on the Oriad Neighborhood Design Guidelines because it does not meet the guidelines for demolition of Chapter 4, Section D, D1, D2, D3, D4, D5, D6, and Chapter 5, C1, A, and B. Okay, and additionally, um, uh, the staff report noted that <clears throat> okay, never mind. I was misreading something. Okay, sorry. Uh, is there a second? Yes, Commissioner Foster second. Okay, Commissioner Foster seconded. There's a motion and <clears throat> a second. We'll take roll call vote. <clears throat> Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Buchanan. <clears throat> aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Hawley. Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is also an aye. So that motion carries five to zero. <clears throat> Lynn, uh, uh, did your office provide them information about appealing that to the city commission if they wish? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Yes, we send out an action letter that has the information on the appeal process. This is Commissioner McCann. Okay, I encourage you to seek out plans and continue forward. I, I can tell you guys are very sincere in everything you're doing. And so I encourage you, instead of appealing it, to try to find plans and come back with a replacement plan. 
So a question on, along those lines, if we come back with uh, plans, replacement plans for that lot, what is our process? Are we starting over or we, can we amend what we've already done? We could, are we starting <laughs> to go to the line? Limbrettig's Zolmer, uh, Limbrettig Historic Resources Administrator, it would be a new project since this project was um, denied. So you would start with a new project. Okay. Got it. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again. Um, since we've uh, taken a roll call vote on that, we'll move on. So the next item on the agenda this evening, which is DR 21-445, which is 2114 Barker Avenue. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. This is an application for a certificate of appropriateness for an addition um, to the property located at 2114 Barker Avenue. The property is located in the environs of the Adam and Annie Rotman House located at 2127 Barker Avenue. This is showing the project location, the highlighted green property is the subject property and the listed property is to your left. This is the primary facade of the existing structure. And just a couple of different angles walking around the structure. Showing the rear of the structure. And showing that south side of the structure. And then again, a rear shot. This is a site plan for the proposed structure. Um, the addition, I, there was some additional information included in your packet after the initial staff report, the applicant did revise their plans and submitted some new information. The site plan is the same, but it's important to note that while the size of the addition looks very large in this site plan, a part of the original structure will be removed and so the addition is not quite as large as it looks like on the site plan. This is the primary elevation showing um, the structure in the front, the existing structure on the right hand side of the screen, you'll see the one story addition. The applicant showing if you look at the top peak of the existing structure, you will see the addition beyond that. Um, this shows the um, structure, the original structure on the right-hand side of your screen. The out dotted um, red outline is where the existing structure is today. That portion of the structure would be removed um, with this project and this new addition would be um, constructed. This is showing the other side again with the dotted red line showing um, where the original structure is now, it would be removed and the new addition would be taking its place and be a little bit larger. This is showing the rear elevation. It is significantly different from the primary elevation. It's modern in construction and design, um, but it will not be seen except for the very top. Um, it will not be seen from the listed property. 
This is a rendering showing the front view of the house. Um, it, this is directly in front of the house. If you go to the right or the left, you would be able to see that addition. This is showing you how you would see that addition on the north elevation. And then this would be the south elevation showing the one-story addition to the right of the historic structure and then the two-story addition beyond. Um, originally, staff had recommended that this go to the Architectural Review Committee for work on the size and massing of the structure. Since then, the applicant, as I mentioned, has submitted some additional information and changes to the project, including um, changing the siding on the one-story portion of the structure to a lap siding instead of the metal siding that was originally proposed. Metal siding will still be on the rear of the structure, but it will not be visible from the listed property or the public right-of-way. So staff has changed their recommended um, staff recommendation to approve the certificate of appropriateness at, for the proposed project as it was revised and the information in your packet. I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have. This is Commissioner Foster. Lynn, do you have the drawings or are they in our packet of what the report was written off of? Or is that what we're seeing? The drawings, the original drawings are in the packet under drawings and then underneath it is revised plan. And that's what staff was using for this um, presentation this evening. There's a revised plan memo to outlining the changes. This is Chair Meyer. <clears throat> Lynn, is there any public comment on this item? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. I do not see anybody wishing to provide public comment. But the applicant is on the call with us this evening and he may wish to provide comment. Okay, this is Chair Meyer, great. You want to? This is my first one. Do I need to raise my hand or do I just go ahead and address you guys? <laughs> I, I, I recognize you, you can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, my name is Landon Arnest, and I'm here with my fiance, uh, Bethany Hess. And so um, we were prepared to, you know, kind of address some of the concerns from the original staff report uh, recommending that we go to ARC. And so we had a lot of points about why we thought we, you know, shouldn't have to go to ARC. And so it sounds like, you know, that's changed. And we just like to say that, you know, um, when we bought this property, uh, we bought it for a couple of reasons. We really liked the, you know, the original front structure and we really liked the, uh, you know, the lots over there in Barker. We're both um, big gardeners and big into outdoor activities. And so we felt like we worked, you know, many hours with Chris Cunningham on on these plans. And we feel like they, they not only preserve the uh, original front part of the house so that, you know, it doesn't really, you know, kind of affect the neighborhood the way the neighborhood, but also, meets some of our needs and um you know the more contemporary modern rear addition um i'm you know i own formative function here in lawrence and so i work you know pretty extensively on the east side have for about 12 years and in my view of uh you know historic preservation has been you know it's it's case by case uh based on the neighborhood and and, and when 
I'm adding an addition on a house, I like to differentiate it from the front, you know, or, or the original portion of the structure. I've never really felt like um, houses that, you know, where we tried to match the original style and kind of just blew it up, it, that never really worked very well. And so that's why you kind of see some of the metal siding and the and the cedar and and um, and so. We're uh, we're really excited to move over to the Barker neighborhood. We've we've been living in a small 600 square foot house for for a while, and so this kind of represents you know our family and and growing as a family and moving forward. And so that's I'll take questions or that's kind of what I had to say. Mr. Chairmeyer, again, thank you. <clears throat> we will uh, bring it back to the commission for discussion. So, Commissioner Holly, I'll just say that with the, um, in my opinion, with the revisions, it seems appropriate and like a, it's going to be a good project. This is Commissioner Foster. I'm comparing it to the recently approved um, project on Rhode Island, but I think that did not have staff support, but we approved it by a slim majority anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, I see, I see it a very, very similar situation and very similar approach. Um, I'll support this. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator, just to clarify, um, the project on Rhode Island Street was a contributing structure to the North Rhode Island Street Historic Residential District listed in the National Register of Historic Places, and this is an environs review. This is Tremeyer again. Um, <clears throat> I'm inclined to uh, follow the updated staff recommendation. I'm supportive of that. So, situation where we don't have ready-made um, motions for us to to. Review. <laughs> uh, I, this is Chair Meyer again. I'll, I I can take a stab at that. That uh, I would move that in accordance with Chapter Twenty Two of the Code of the City of Lawrence, the standards of evaluation <clears throat> that we find the proposed project <clears throat> would not. <clears throat> significantly encroached on damage or destroyed the landmarks or environs and issue the certificate of appropriateness. Commissioner Buchanan, I second. There's a, currently a motion and a second, so I'll take a roll call vote. <coughs> Commissioner Ezell. Aye. Commissioner Buchanan. Aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Holly. Aye. And Commissioner Meyer, myself, is an aye. So that motion carries <coughs> five to zero. Good luck on your project. Thank you, guys. <laughs>
Thank you. Okay, <clears throat> moving right along then <clears throat> to the next item on the agenda, which is DR 22-15900 Alabama Street. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. This application is for an addition to the property located at 900 Alabama Street. The property is located in the Oread Neighborhood Design Urban Conservation Overlay District and subject to the Oread Neighborhood Design Guidelines. This is showing the property location. 9th Street is to the top of the screen, the gold outline is for the Urban Conservation Overlay District. This is the main facade or the west facade, just quickly walking around the historic structure. This is the site plan for the proposed project. Um, it's a rather large addition. It would be a separate unit um, creating a duplex for the lot. The new addition is toward the bottom and then on your top left is the original structure. This is showing the what will be the main facade or the west elevation. And in the outline in red, that's the existing historic structure. This would be the north elevation of the structure. And this would be that west elevation of the structure. I'm sorry, east elevation. The um, addition would be 959 square feet and would be located to the south of the existing structure. The addition would be 26 feet, 11 and a half inches tall to the peak of the roof of the addition. Materials include smart lap siding, smart trim, um, composite shingle roof, and a stone veneer foundation. The windows would be Anderson 100 series. While the project meets many of the guidelines, the overall effect of the addition is that it is not subordinate to the existing structure. Staff is of the opinion the design refinement could achieve this goal. Staff recommends the project be referred to the Architectural Review Committee to review with the applicant how the height of the structure can be reduced. The ARC can also work with the applicant to see if there are design alternatives for the west elevation of the structure to increase the setback and reduce the appearance of an additional structure on the lot. The porch on the west elevation creates a visual effect of a second house. Alterations to this facade could help create a design that looks more like a wing addition rather than a separate house. So staff is recommending that this go to the Architectural Review Committee for possible design refinement that will better meet the applicable standards and guidelines while meeting the applicant's overall goals. And I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have. This is Chair Meyer. <clears throat> um, is the applicant present? Yes, sorry, just trying to unmute. Uh, Roy Lay, uh, I am present and I'm happy to answer any questions. Mr. Chair Meyer again, thank you. Uh, was there any public comment on this item? 
This is Avery Croner, planning staff. I do not see anybody raising their hand via Zoom to provide public comment. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again. Um, we will now bring it back to the commission for discussion. Foster, I think I saw in the previous pack package that there were some letters maybe from the um, uh, from like Dennis Brown that covered multiple properties. And I think this this application was mentioned in one <coughs> just for everybody's benefit. This is Chair Meyer, I I do believe that that's correct that the uh, LPA had included this project in their letter, yes. Yeah, th this is Commissioner Holly. I'm looking at that and it's on page 178 of the PDF from the 17th where the LPA, I'll just read, LPA strongly encourages HRC not to pass this design as proposed. It should be sent to the ARC to soften the visual effect we believe this project will have on its environs. Um, I think that's for the 1,000 lots. No, so, sorry, I was just just about to correct that. I apologize for misreading. Chair Meyer, this, this reminds me of the old days when we had paper packets delivered to us and we weren't using screens all the time. In some ways, that was rather glorious. <coughs> Jody, you're dating yourself. That's pre-me. I, and I said, I said when we started getting everything electronically delivered how I hated it because it always seemed like we were distracted looking at screens all the time and people wondering what we were doing, so. <laughs> um, this is Commissioner Foster. Um, I'm going to concur with the staff report. This is Chair Meyer. Uh, does the applicant have any, uh, I guess, is the applicant willing to work with the Architectural Review Committee? Uh, yes, I've already reviewed Lynn's comments and um, already have many ideas of how this could be altered to conform. And um, I guess I wasn't aware that we were allowed to make revisions after the staff report is issued, even though it was just issued on, I believe, a week ago, Friday, for this particular project. But um, I did look at it a little bit last week and there are some things we can we can tweak. Uh, do you recommend having like revisions for that meeting, like full revisions? Because that's only a week away. What's the, what's the typical process for? Uh, Mr. Chair Meyer, I, I guess my thought would be, <clears throat> Lynn about more specifics, maybe ahead of the ARC. Lynn, would you agree with that? 
Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Yes, it's helpful for the applicant to come with design ideas and options um, that the ARC can help work with. It's not mandatory, but it's always helpful to have some of those thought processes and how you got to the design piece of where you are and any changes you think you can make based on the guidelines that makes the meeting move much um, faster and smoother. Okay, thank you. This Commissioner Holly, I would also just just to add, I mean, some of these at those meetings, think trace paper level or blue beam sketch level of, you know, the more the better, but the expectation is not necessarily full construction documents of a multitude of options. <laughs> Mr. Chair Meyer, um, I, I think it sounds like we're all in agreement. Um, just to the ARC, the applicant, was there a motion? This is Commissioner Buchanan. I move that we forward this project to the ARC as staff recommends. Commissioner Foster, second. Mr. Mark, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I think there's a motion and a second, so we'll go ahead and take a roll call vote. <laughs> Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Buchanan. Aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Hawley. Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye, so that motion carries five to zero. Thank you very much and good luck with the ARC. We'll move on then to the fifth item on the agenda, DR 22-13, which is 1506 University Drive. Good evening. Uh, this is Avery Kerner, planning staff. Uh, this item is DR 22-00013 for 1506 University Drive. And this is a certificate of appropriateness review for a residential addition. This, uh, the subject property is located in the environs of the Fernand Strong House located at 1515 University Drive. On screen, you'll see a location map. 1506 University Drive is highlighted in teal and is located just to the northeast of the listed property, which is identified in blue at the center of the image. The applicant is proposing an addition to the north side of the existing structure at the rear of the property. The images on your screen show the views for the north side of the house where the addition is being proposed. These next images show the east and west sides of the residence from the rear of the property looking towards University Drive. Next is a site plan which shows the 
proposed addition to the north side of the residence, as well as the location and layout of a new pool, deck, and patio in the backyard. The proposed addition would have an approximate footprint of 875 square feet and would utilize asphalt shingles, horizontal cement lap siding, and fiberglass windows and doors. On screen are the elevations for the proposed addition. And then we have the renderings of what the proposed addition would look like. Again, the proposed property is located in the environs of the Fernand Stronghouse. The proposed project meets the standards and guidelines outlined in Chapter 22. Staff does not have any concerns with the proposed project and recommends approval of the Certificate of Appropriateness. I'd be happy to stand for any questions the Commission may have, and I believe we do have the applicant online with us to help address any questions the Commission may have. This is Chair Meyer. Uh, does the applicant wish to make any other comments? You don't need to feel obligated. Uh, no, not really. I, I think the uh, design speaks for itself. We've designed it as if it was in a historic district itself. So, this is Chair Meyer. Thank you. Um, is there any public comment on this item? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. There's no public comment for this item. Okay, Chair Meyer again. We will bring it back to the commission for discussion or a motion. Uh, Commissioner Holly, um, based on the rousing commentary, um, I think this looks like a solid project that based on staff recommendation, I'd move to issue a certificate of appropriateness in accordance with chapter 22 of the code of the city of Lawrence. This is Commissioner Buchanan, I second. Mr. Meyer, there's been a motion and a second, so we'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Buchanan. Aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Hawley. Aye. And Commissioner Myers an aye. So that motion carries five to zero. Good luck on your project. <coughs> we will move on then to the last item. <laughs> on this part of the agenda, which is DR 21-446-809 Alabama Street. Thank you. Uh, again, this is Avery Kerner, planning staff. Uh, this last item is DR 21-00446 for 809 Alabama Street. And this is another certificate of appropriateness review for a residential addition. The subject property is located in the environs of the Lewis C. and Eva Polar House, located at 801 Alabama Street. Eight hundred nine Alabama Street shares its north property line with the south property line of the listed property. On on the screen, you'll see a location map. The subject property is highlighted in teal and is located directly south of the listed property, which is identified in blue. The applicant is proposing an addition to the west side of the existing structure at the rear of the property. On screen is a site plan for the proposed project. 
The proposed addition would have an approximate footprint of 700 square feet and would use lap siding and aluminum clad windows and doors to match the existing structure. The initial application submitted proposed using either composition shingles or standing seam metal for the roof of the addition. Since, historic, since historically metal roofs were not used on structures of this type, stand, standing seam metal is not considered an appropriate material for the environs and the applicant has agreed to instead use composition shingles. This next slide shows the north and south elevations for the proposed addition next to images of the existing structure. On the screen, the top right image is of the north side of the existing residence. On the bottom right is a view of the existing structure from the southwest corner of the property. Next on screen are images, uh, are images of the east and west elevation for the proposed addition. At the top left corner of the screen is an image of the east side of the existing structure. Just below that image is a view of the west side of the existing structure. As previously stated, the proposed property is located in the environs of the Lewis C and Eva Polar House. The project, the proposed project meets the standards and guidelines outlined in chapter 22. Staff does not have concerns with the proposed project and recommends approval of the certificate of appropriateness. Again, I'd be happy to stand for questions if the commission has them. And we also have the applicant here in the commission room with us this evening to help address any questions the commission may have. This is Chair Meyer. <clears throat> the applicant will wish to make any further comment. Uh, I'd just be glad to answer any questions if you have any. Mr. Chair Meyer, thank you. Uh, Lynn, is there any public comment on this item? <clears throat> this is Avery Kerner, planning staff. There is no public comment for this item. Mr. Chair Meyer, I'll bring it back to the commission for discussion then. Or motion. This is Commissioner Foster. I will move that uh, we find the proposed project meets the standards and guidelines in Chapter 22 and issue a certificate of appropriateness. Chair Meyer, is there a second? This is Commissioner Buchanan. I second. Chair Meyer, there's been a motion and a second, so we'll go ahead and take a roll call vote. Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Uh, Commissioner Buchanan. Aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Hawley. Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye, so that motion carries five to zero. Good luck on your project. Thank you. All right. Uh, we will move on then to miscellaneous items. <clears throat> Are there any miscellaneous items by staff or commissioners? Lynn Braddock Zollner, <laughs> Historic Resources Administrator. Um, the only miscellaneous item I have for you this evening is we had talked in January about doing a work plan for the commission. Uh, one of the items we discussed was perhaps a survey plan 
for the city. So staff will be bringing that back to you at, at your March meeting and would hope that between now and then you would drive around our lovely city and see about historic neighborhoods and how you would like to prioritize surveying those historic neighborhoods. All right, this is Chair Meyer again. <clears throat> is there any other miscellaneous comments? All right, well, this is the longest meeting that we've had since I don't know when. Um, <clears throat> so with that then, I will go ahead and <clears throat> move that we adjourn for the evening. It's been great, you guys. Yes. Yes. Are. Yes. And we will miss you guys. <laughs> How can I forget to say that? Feel free to feel free to uh, zoom in or come in, uh, even when you're no longer officially on the commission. I get right on that. <laughs>